are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. We're going to get to some information regarding Charity's overnight dates and final rose ceremony, something that happened on Friday, which has never happened in 47 seasons. We are going to talk about the Chris Harrison story that I mentioned on Friday. I got an answer to it, and it was exactly what I thought it was. Going to talk a little bit about Survivor, American Idol, and an update that I hadn't talked about in a while. Recovery from my Achilles surgery, that something that I didn't even know about until last week. And we will get to that momentarily. So something happened on Friday in Bachelorette world that has never happened before in 47 seasons of this show. Ever. And it's probably going to spark some questions going forward, but for the time being, we've never seen this before. As you know, the final four rose ceremony was in Los Angeles last Tuesday. I do not know who's been eliminated, who was eliminated at that rose ceremony yet. And I was waiting to find out where they were going for overnights and final rose ceremony. And I didn't know. Because sometimes I know, look, sometimes I know before the season where all the locations are. Sometimes I know as filming goes along, and sometimes I haven't heard. There's no rhyme or reason as to when I find out and if I find out. And if I don't find out, that has no rhyme or reason to am I going to get the ending spoiler right. It's just there's no correlation between anything, although other people will have to probably have an issue with that. But it's just not. It, it just, you could go back over the track record. Sometimes I have all the locations and sometimes I don't. It's just it's hit or miss. But on Friday, the Bachelorette ABC Instagram account, or in conjunction with People Magazine, posted pictures of Charity in Fiji and saying that Charity is continuing her journey in Fiji for overnight dates. That has never happened in the history of this show. And this show has been on a long time, over 20 years. This is the 47th season, and they've never actively told their audience where they are in a collaboration with an entertainment site while the show was still filming. It's never happened before. They have been caught filming in different places, like we found out they were in you know, the state of Washington, we found out they were in New Orleans, and pictures got out, but that wasn't the show announcing that. This was the show in collaboration with people, giving them pictures, professionally done pictures of charity on the beaches in Fiji, where they are for overnights and final rose ceremony, and People.com doing an exclusive story on it. They also said in that story that charity started with 29 men, which is the 29 men we were given on Facebook back in March. So looks like every guy that was on that Facebook page and the guys that were on the potential list all made the cast. Unless people reported that wrong, it looks like all those guys ended up making the show. Nobody got cut early. It's very possible people got the number wrong, but that's what it said in the story, that Charity began her journey with 29 men. So hopefully we'll, we'll find out for sure if they were right. But she's in Fiji, and the show collaborated with people to announce that she's filming in Fiji. Just weird. They've never done it. Does this mean they're going to do it every season going forward? Well, 
Kind of like when Gabby had four hometown dates and or uh, Rachel had four hometown dates and Gabby only had three. We were like, does this mean that we're going to only have three going forward for other future Bachelorette seasons? Well, I said at the time, we won't know until those seasons film and the very next Bachelorette season is Charity and she had four hometowns. So it's just, I guess we won't. The answer to the question is, are they going to collaborate and tell their audience where they're going for overnights and final rose ceremony going forward, we won't know until the next season rolls around. So, But it is interesting that they did that because they've just never done it before. We've never seen this. They are in Fiji. Hopefully I will find out information. I don't expect pictures to get out because when you're overseas like that, if anything gets out, it's really blind luck. You just have to hope that there is an American tourist that is familiar with the show recognizes charity and sees filming going on and knows to either post it or contact me or contact somebody and say, here are some pictures. I wouldn't count on it. It very rarely. I mean, you could go back into all the seasons, bachelor and bachelorette and go to the overseas locations. And again, it's a hit or miss. You know, we got zero hometown date photos of charity of her four guys we didn't get anything of xavier we didn't get anything of joey we didn't get anything of doton and we didn't get anything of aaron yet clayton's hometown dates we got pictures from all four so i mean clayton we didn't get any and yet zach i believe we got three of the four hometowns Rachel, we got three of her four. Gabby, we got two of her three. Like it's again, everything is so hit and miss every season, and it one thing doesn't mean anything. If you get all the hometowns and you get nothing at the end, does that mean it's gonna take longer to get the spoiler? I have no idea when I'm gonna get the spoiler for the ending of the season. Clearly the show has to end before we even get to that point. But yeah, we're probably a couple weeks out from filming ending, and we know it starts on June twenty sixth. So all I know is, would I like to have it by June 26th? Of course. But comes to me at different times every year. So we'll see where it goes from there. But we do know Fiji is the overnight date and final rose ceremony location, which happens to be where they're filming next spring's season of Survivor right now. But I don't think they're going to run into each other. My guess is Survivor's on a completely different part of Fiji. So remember on Friday... I talked about Chris Harrison in his podcast last week was saying that when he had Sean Lowe on his podcast saying that Sean getting the After Paradise co-hosting gig with Michelle Collins was Chris saying basically Fleiss was trying to strong arm him and basically say you're not indispensable. You can be replaced. I can I can do this. And that was like sending him a message is what Chris said. And then remember on Friday, I was like, I know for a fact Chris Harrison took to Twitter or quote tweeted somebody and said, paraphrasing, like, hey, it wasn't my decision. And I found the article. It was from The Hollywood Reporter back in um, in August of 2016. And on August 17th, 2016, a Twitter account said, why are you not on the after show this year? And Chris Harrison quote tweeted them and wrote back, very sorry, but trust me, wasn't my call. So after he tweeted that, Harrison did an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, and he said, 
I didn't walk away from The Bachelor or Bachelor Nation. I was worried because the impression I was getting off social media is that everyone thought I was just too busy and had chosen to walk away from The Bachelor and one of its shows. The last comment that did it was something somebody mentioning that I was too good for it, and that's not the case at all. The Bachelor is always going to be my first love, and I'm very loyal to it and had it carved out into my schedule. It would have been difficult flying back and forth, but that's always going to be my first position. I'm loyal to the brand. So that's what his answer was, was why he wasn't uh, hosting Bachelor in Paradise. I knew I remembered that tweet, and I was glad I found it. And it was, like I said, it was right around the time he started hosting Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And after Paradise was on, I believe on Tuesdays? I can't remember if Paradise was airing Sundays and Mondays or Mondays and Tuesdays. I just remember after Paradise went on after the second show of the week and they would bring on people from the show that week, maybe somebody that was eliminated at a rose ceremony. And yeah, and, and it was the first show that Chris just wasn't a part of. And all of a sudden, Sean and Michelle Collins are co-hosting it. And people are like, wait, why isn't Chris part of this? He's He's the face of this franchise. He's always been he's the host of bachelor in paradise when they had filmed it why isn't he part of the after paradise show and looked like it was just a power struggle between fleiss and chris harrison because chris harrison had just been hired at who wants to be a millionaire fleiss wasn't happy so he kind of just told chris yeah you know you don't need to if you're gonna go do other shows yeah you don't need to do this and i think he was just kind of laying the groundwork but then chris hosted every single show in the franchise after that. So clearly they were able to patch things up, but glad I was able to find that story. And I knew my gut feeling was right that Chris had addressed this back on Twitter. And yeah, seven years ago in August of 2016. So, you know how big of a survivor fan I am and how much I enjoy watching the show, but I forget so much stuff and I'm not great at reading the edits of this show. You know, you've heard me talk to Stephen Fishback. You've heard me talk to Dalton Ross. And there's this idea of a winner's edit. Jeff Probst seems to think there isn't a such thing as a winner's edit. But diehard Survivor fans say there is. I'm not very good at it. Because clearly somebody that gets a lot of camera time is what's considered a winner's edit and and what they're saying in their confessionals. But then you had that season that Erica won, and you're like, where the hell did she come from? That was not a winner's edit at all whatsoever. So someone post, uh, you know, someone brought to my attention a Instagram account called Survivor Fact Checker, and they're basically like the Bachelor data of Survivor. They don't go into as much detail. They just break down the confessionals. Every time you see a contestant in a confessional, they keep track of it for every episode. And I've told you all season, it seems like Carolyn is in every freaking confessional. And she's dominating our screen, which means she probably lasts a long time. And, you know, she's basically made it halfway through. We've got, uh, what, uh, five? We've got nine people left after Brandon's exit last week. And... You know, looking at some of these edits, you know, you can almost eliminate three of these nine. I'm looking at Lauren. How many confessionals she has gotten in eight episodes? She's gotten 13 total. Seven of them came in the first episode. She had 
three episodes in a row where she never got one confessional, and she's had two episodes where she only got one. Kane has three episodes where he only got one confessional and one episode where he got zero. Heidi has two episodes where she's gotten zero confessionals and two episodes where she's gotten one. Jamie, two episodes with zero confessionals and one episode with one. Everyone else has not had... Oh, Danny had one episode where he got a zero, but he's in fourth for amount of confessionals. Jam Jam is leading. He's gotten 45 confessionals through eight episodes. He's averaging uh, 5.6 an episode. Carolyn is second. She's at 37, and she only got one last episode. But if you break down her eight episodes, she went 6, 8, 1, 5, 10, 4, 2, 1. Jam Jam's gone 7, 5, 1, 5, 13, 4, 4, 6. So if you're going just off of who's gotten the most confessionals, Jam Jam and Carolyn, top two right now, and then Carson is is third, but he's 16 behind Jam Jam and eight behind Carolyn. So, you know, I, does that mean winner's edit? Can we definitely eliminate people like Danny, Franny, Jamie, Heidi, Kane, and Lauren because they're at 20 or less when everyone else is basically at 30 or more? I don't know. I guess we'll have to look back on this when we find out the winner of Survivor, but I this is very interesting to me, and I'm going to um, – I am following them now on – I just pressed it <laughs> on Instagram, but I, I need to look into this more of how it's worked with past seasons because I haven't looked on what it means because I'm guessing the leader in confessionals maybe has won some past seasons but maybe also hasn't. There's no way Erica – was a leader in confessionals when she won her season. Not a chance. But I don't know how it works with half seasons. I'm only looking at Survivor 44 confessional stats that was posted three days ago. But, yeah, I mean, Brandon had 28 confessionals, although 14 of them were in the first episode, and he got eliminated last week. So he would have been fourth before he got eliminated. So, yeah, it's very possible, Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Carson. I, I Look, it's very hard to predict who's going to win Survivor, even with nine people left. You basically just have to go off who's getting screen time, what they're showing you in their screen time, and then kind of their story. But in terms of gameplay, you just never know because alliances are switching all the time. You never know who's going to win challenges and immunities and who's going to find immunities. So it's still just a giant guessing game just ba- other than the, the edit. If you were to ask me right now who I think is going to win, I'd probably just pick Carson. I don't know why. I mean, he's clearly a main character this season. He's very good at all the puzzles. He's got a story that if he wins this thing, he probably has the best story in that he's such an uber fan that it shows that super fans can win this game. And you don't have to be this big hulking person. You just have to be smart, play smart win some challenges here and there, and he's been really good at puzzles because he practiced them before he came on the show. So he's my pick. I, I know that Jam Jam is, a, is a, a favorite of a lot of people. I'm even seeing that Carolyn is very well liked by the audience. I've told you I don't care for her, uh, but I always preface it by saying, look, I'm sure she's a great woman. I have read that she is a former addict, but she is, I believe, nine years sober now. 
So good for her. I just I just find her off-putting when I watch her on television. But I'm sure, she's a wonderful person in real life. Just not uh, a television person for me. Could I see her winning? Absolutely. Because I think she would have a good story. Because everybody looks at her as this giant goofball and no way she can win. And then she flips the tables and wins. You know? So I guess Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Carson and Danny are really the only ones that I can see winning this thing. Well, Franny too. I could see Franny. Jamie, Heidi, Kane, and Lauren, probably not. I just don't think they've shown them enough. And unless they're going to come on really strong in the last five or six episodes, however many we have left, I don't see them winning. But what do I know? Maybe confessionals don't tell the story. I need to do a deeper dive on this survivor fact checker Instagram account. American Idol declared their top 20 last night in a three-hour episode. I thought they were going to split it up over two nights. Apparently not. So we're down to our final 20. Uh, three, uh, six were eliminated last night. I can't tell you the names of the six that were eliminated. But we're into our final 20, and then they all sang last night, and we're already going down to a final 12 tonight. So eight more people getting eliminated tonight. And then top 12, uh, then I think it's like two an episode until you get down to the final three. I still believe that Ian Tongi is going to get in the top three. Watching it last night, I don't know if she's gotten enough camera time by now, and I know that camera time and popularity and video packages play a big role in who goes far in this show. But regardless of how much camera time she hasn't gotten, I Olivia Soli has one of the best voices this season. She's unbelievable. And I maybe I'm just way off, but I could see her winning. There's 20 people left. I have a 1 in 20 shot of getting that right. But I at least see her getting if she's in the final 12, like I could be way off and she could be gone tonight. I just you know, we have no idea. We don't they don't tell you they just tell you who made it through. They don't. We have no idea behind the scenes of who's getting the most votes in this thing. But just sheer marketability, singing voice, has that look. She's got it. And, again, maybe I'm way off, but I think that she goes far, if not wins this thing. So at final 20, I'm going to say Olivia wins. I also think... Way Ani, even though she was the last one in, makes me think that she's going far because they wanted to make people think. That doesn't mean she is 20th out of 20. But when I Googled her last night, I did not know that she was on The Voice. And she got turned around by judges. I did not think Idol took people that were from The Voice. I thought it was the other way around. I thought Voice took people from Idol, but... Just on a quick Google last night of Wayani, I didn't know that she was on The Voice, which makes me think she's going far. But I am surprised because I didn't know Idol did that. Is that a common thing for Idol? That a lot of their singers were on The Voice at one point? I don't know. But Olivia Soli, to me, top three. I still think Ian's getting top three because of his story. I don't think he'll win, but I could see 
It, it's just tough. I think we'll know more. I think we'll know more after tonight because this is final twelve, and that's where it's like, okay, this is now. Because once you know, back in the day when Idol got to the final twelve, it was just twelve episodes and a new theme every week, and one person eliminated a week. Now, because there's so many singing shows and stuff like that, they now do what two eliminations a week, sometimes three. So it doesn't. We don't get one episode, one person eliminated a week, and we get a you know. We're with these people for two and a half months once they get to the final 12. But the final 12 is basically the main cast. And um, I'd be shocked if all three of them aren't in the final 12. And then from there, I need to look at the other nine and see who am I missing or who could I think is marketable, who I think America would like. Because, look, I don't I, – I, I, I don't – I don't want to criticize anybody's singing – but I never would have thought in a million years that Noah Thompson was going to win last season. Like, he does nothing for me. He sounds like so many other country singers. And it's not like he's got some boffo personality either, you know? So you just never know who America is going to vote for. And just because you won American Idol does not mean you're going on to a great career. We've seen plenty of people who finished shit, outside the top four, namely Jennifer Hudson, Chris Daughtry, who have had excellent, excellent careers. So while it is a great feather to have in your cap to call yourself a winner on American Idol, it doesn't really mean much in the long run. So it's impossible to know who America likes. You know, I you know, like I said, I Noah Thompson, if you like him, great. He's just not for me. And I... I do like some country music, but him, he did nothing for me, and I was shocked that he won. So, like, Hunter Girl, who came in second and they performed last night, she was fun. You know, personality, was very sparkly on stage a lot of the time. Like, kind of commanded the stage. Noah Thompson just, I, I get I get the good old country boy thing, and that's clearly what won him over with America. Like, nice kid, good story. And that's probably why he won. But do I think he was the best singer last season? No. Probably wasn't even top five for me. But, again, this isn't a singing competition. It is a popularity contest. And how do you appeal to middle America? Because that's who's voting for this stuff. We'll see how it plays out, but we're going to get to our top 12 after tonight. And I'm going to talk about the uh, top 12 tomorrow. And I want to wrap it up talking about something I haven't talked about in a while, and that is... My uh, recovery from Achilles surgery that I had on August 10th. So I am eight months out, a little over eight months out from my Achilles surgery and was having a conversation this weekend talking about it. It's the first time I had talked about it in a while with anybody. And I did notice last week when I was at the gym I was starting to do things that like I've been scared to push myself leg wise. Like I've been able to do leg presses. I've been able to do calf raises, but I go slow. I go lightweight because I'm just afraid. And when you, when you pop your Achilles, like I did back in August of last year, just running in place, you, you have that fear of, Oh shit. When's it going to happen again? You just feel like it could go at any time. Since that's what it did for me. I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I was just running in place on the TRX. So when I popped it, 
it was just like, okay. But I have noticed last week I can jump. <laughs> I haven't jumped off one leg. I haven't jumped off my left leg yet. That one I'll probably wait a little bit on. But, you know, squat jumps, I can jump in the air. And I was pushing the sled at the gym, which is like when my right foot is forward and my left foot is back, that's where the left Achilles is stretched the most. And I've been able to do that. And I was actually surprised because I hadn't even – I was just like, well, let me just try this. I haven't really tried to see what I can do on it other than, you know, calf raises here and there, leg presses. It's getting stronger, but I hadn't pushed myself. And I was like, wait, I can jump? Like, I'm not trying to jump and dunk or jump and touch the rim on a basketball court, but just jumping, like squatting and then into a jump I can actually do, which – I didn't know I could do until last week. And and same with like pushing the sled. I was scared of extending my leg back because I felt that's where it because that's where it popped. But so far, so good. You know, knock on wood. I don't want anything to uh, I, I definitely don't want anything to pop up here, so to speak. Uh, but things are getting better. So that's the update on uh, my Achilles. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple podcast. Much appreciated. The Sports Daily will be up in an hour from now. A lot to talk about on what went on in the NBA this past weekend and hockey. As I'm recording this right now, the Nuggets and Timberwolves are going to overtime in Game 4 of that series, and the Oilers and Kings are going to overtime in game four of that series and the Oilers need to pull this out or else they're in big big trouble down 3-1 to the Kings so that'll be up in an hour from now thank you all for listening I really appreciate it and I will talk to you tomorrow see you